It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, April 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is kind of bummed out about the Phantoms, Russ. I'm pissed off. Yeah, we are going to get into the Phantoms playoff series, plus the latest updates on the Flyers executive search and our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow Locked On Flyers for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, we got some little dribbles of news late last week about the interview process for the Flyers management positions. And... Uh, a couple of interesting options out of Vancouver. Uh, Emily Cassingay, who is the assistant GM there. We also heard the name Cami Granado and Scott Mellenby. I heard Dave Starman push Scott Mellenby, and you know I thought it was interesting. I don't know if that will actually happen. I think with the other two, it, it's a it's a delicate situation over there in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and I would say that. If they were able to leave, they'd be much happier, one or both of them. So uh, don't blame them at all for interviewing and and trying to uh, get into a new situation because that's still not great there. Uh, They have so many issues there. So, like, I get it. Uh, I've interviewed Cami Granato. She's super smart. I have not interviewed the other, but heard good things. So, yeah, I I think this is at least – I hope it's not just, hey, we're going to talk to him, but, you know, bring in our buddy anyhow, because that happens sometimes, too. So I'm going to just sit here and remain calm until I see what happens. Yeah. And this is the the question is in terms of do we know if any of these people were being interviewed for the GM position versus the team president position and like what that would look like if people who are currently in assistant roles are interviewing for a job that would ultimately supervise the gm well the only thing yeah the only thing we seem to know for sure is that they probably did speak to ray shiro and he only wants to be a gm so that's probably like the last ditch effort plan so i guess they're going to look at everything else first so that's probably why we're not going to hear shiro's name or anything because he probably doesn't have any interest in being a president he still wants to be a gm that's what i'm hearing right Obviously, with Emily Kassengay, um, she was a player agent first before going into the yeah. executive sphere. So I think that, you know, she could really take on either role. I think she has the business background in order to uh, adequately, you know, be a candidate, yes. right, for for the team president role. Uh, Cami Granado would, I think, definitely more be on the GM side of things. 
because of her experience a as a American hero let's be honest she's an incredible playing career but also you know she's been a broadcaster um you know she's covered the game like she knows the x's and o's really well um and is a really good player talent Mm -hmm. evaluator based on you know her time both you know behind the scenes with organizations as well as yeah no doubt so that's that's a really big deal and she has certainly proven herself on that front um, the only thing is, it seems like, you know, Danny wants to be the GM, so somebody's going to have to just take the other job. That's really what it boils down to. So yeah. it may just be, Hey, we'll come and interview and it's up to you. And so that's why I'm not getting overly excited about anything because we have to also remember the dynamic of, so someone like Cammy comes in, says, I should be the GM and why gives a great speech and everybody says, yeah, she's great. And then if Danny still just wants to be GM, which he seems like he does, then Cammy would have to be the one and what? she would have to be the one to take a lesser position, probably not going to. And so it goes nowhere. You know what I mean? And that's, that's unfortunately we're going to see some people parade through and, and have this happen because they're doing it backwards. Yeah, I think there is some truth to that, but uh, I, I think some interesting names, some interesting options, um, definitely some new blood for the organization in these interviews. So I, I think that uh, I am hopeful, at least on this front, uh, that they'll get at I'm least cautious. some new voices. That's in what I am. The room. I'm cautious. Yeah. Uh, another bit of. Uh, management news the flyers officially uh, received a cap penalty for next year due to the performance bonuses um so they're a million one hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred um over the cap already right, so for let's next start year. let's start there right so yeah again not bad enough that they weren't in just horrible cap shape but now the amount that the cap's going to go up you've exceeded that with your bonuses Good job. Very, very good plan. Right. This is for people that keep saying to me, why are you worried about, you know, the cap and things like that next year is because you have all these pitfalls that are just pop up daily. On one side, it's important to recognize that 15 teams in the league were penalized. No, I get this it. is not a situation unique to the Flyers. Boston was by far the most. They're going to be penalized $4 million sure. next and year. And when they're drinking out Clearly of the Stanley Cup, do you think they're going to care? Right. No, that's the that's the thing is like they're all in, but the Flyers are the second highest on that list. There's a couple teams in similar situation to the Flyers in terms of the dollar amount. Second highest, but, and, um, and it's something the first and can't afford to be. So it's troubling, um, but it's not something that GMs you know don't ordinarily do. Is just kind of well, St. Louis doesn't do it. They, they don't give out any bonuses. St. Louis just won't do it. Well, so there are true. some teams. That just don't do it. And I think um, it's not a bad f- philosophy for the Flyers to take on for a while because you can't keep kicking the can down the road here. Yeah, you just got to pay these guys the salary that That's they want it. and not ha- have these performance um, incentives for the time being. They're just sitting in there dormant, you know, like a like a landmine. I do want to mention uh, they kind of snuck in there that Igor Zamula had left shoulder surgery on April 10th. We didn't find that out until last week, 
which was again don't don't love no, that. I'll tell but, you why you don't uh, love it because of course you're he, trying he, to follow the the phantoms in, in the playoffs. You're trying to figure out why is Zamula not playing. Like I just you don't understand, and fans don't understand. And I just you know it's just not a great place to have them be. Yeah, I mean we knew he was hurt and he wasn't going to play, but the yeah. the reasoning why and vague. the the surgery was not known. Yeah, it was very vague. Um, so hopefully he heals up nicely uh, for camp next year. Uh, also, just want to do a quick check in on Flyers prospects in the OHL playoffs um, or in the CHL playoffs, I should say, across the board. Um, in the OHL, we've got a, a couple of guys on the Peets uh, who are playing the 67s in the second round of the OHL playoffs. J.R. Avon has eight points in nine games so far for them in the playoffs. Uh, Peterborough leads Ottawa 3-2 to two in the series. That next game is tonight. Brian Zanetti is on that team as well. Uh, three points in nine games. Yeah, so far so good. Uh, Avon's had a really good year. He's had a good year of um, development as well. Zanetti's still on this like slow pace, but it's okay. Uh, I'm fine with it. Sometimes defensemen, that's yeah, that's what happens. Yep. Uh, Alex Gendron is on Gatineau in the QMJHL, and they're in the semifinals of their playoffs. He's got. 12 goals and four assists in nine games. Uh, not too shabby. Again, high-scoring league, but still. But it's good to see him scoring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's fine. That's the, yeah. that's the important thing. And then over in the WHL, Ethan Sampson of Prince George, they got swept in round two of those playoffs, but he finished with five assists in 10 games total. So, uh, still a couple of guys to follow in the CHL playoffs to see, um, you know, what yeah. their game looks like. Uh, in the meantime, we've got our other prospects uh, cooking in Lehigh Valley, and we're going to dig into what went wrong in that playoff series versus Charlotte coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get views from your seats. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress of with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON. Locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Coming up on this show on Wednesday, as always, is our mailbag. So if you send us your questions, we will get to them on the show. You can tweet us at Locked On Flyers. We're there at Instagram as well, or email lockedonflyers at gmail. Plus, commenting over on YouTube is a way to get in touch with us as well. 
Russ, man, I'm so sad about this Phantoms playoff lack of a, a run. Um, you know, it, it did start out mm-hmm. good in that first game. You know, they battled in that one, winning and then losing the next two games. And I kind of had a, a little bit of nervousness going into the series overall just because they did lose those last three regular yeah. season games. And I was just concerned about a lack of momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, we, we voiced that. We did. We really did. But uh, I think that, you know, that Thursday game, which was a five to four double overtime loss, was just a killer because they honestly, they battled so hard in that game, had incredible chances. Sam Erson played out of his mind in the overtime periods, especially. I, I, it, it was so just deflating when and it was toward the end of that second overtime too so you were already kind of like in the mentality of maybe this is this is going to go to a third overtime and then right. all of a sudden it was over and yeah and Urson was uh, very active. i can't imagine what that yeah and Urson was very oh, active yeah. he had to make some you know five bell saves so you have to think about your goalie when he's in that situation what are you going to do now for your goalie what they do Tell them what they did, Rachel. They they put him in in game three, which they was, threw him back in there, of course. Well, and let's be be clear here: if there was if this was like an NHL playoff series where there was a day in between, that's what you do. You absolutely do that. But sure, in day the, in between, absolutely. But in the AHL, the game was the very next day, and so a guy has just right. played a hundred hard minutes in net. It wasn't even just easy minutes; it was a hundred. Um, or just shy of a hundred hard minutes in net and Charlotte did the right thing. They switched to JF Barube for game three because they knew that their goaltender was tired. (laughs) And sure enough in game three, you know, the Phantoms just did not have it in them. And Urson was tired. Like I, I don't blame him at all for this one, but, but they got shut out. Yeah, they got shut out. Here's some stats on from Instat, like on how his season sort of ended up. Uh, so, because I, I I watch a lot of times, this is how I view my goalie stats. So, so for this year, PK goals against up, obviously, right? That's 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 something with the team. Although at times it was good. Um, time on the ice up. Um, scoring area saves up. Brilliant saves up. So I mean when you start seeing those kinds of numbers, you know that he's basically way more active than he, than he used to be. And this was troubling up in the NHL too. Like they were playing Urson, you know, a lot in the period that they did it. So I, it makes me ask the question, is the goalie coach still giving out the advice or is this sort of like the coach just going with the gut check? Because that's what Torts does sometimes, even overriding the goalie advice. And now it seems like this is what happened in Lehigh. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have confidence in Nolan Meyer, then, like, that's another question, right? But they did right. pull Urson after it was 4 nothing, and Nolan Meyer finished out the game, which wound up 6 nothing. 
And um, that was the only time the Phantoms were shut out all season long was in that final game. Well, was Pat Nagel still there? Like, you No, he was Pat in Nagel. Reading. He was down in Reading? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. No, so, he's actually pl- playing really well in Reading in their, pl- yeah. in their playoffs. But I think that, you know, again, if you didn't have confidence in Nolan Meyer to play, then you, you switch him out with, with Pat Nagel, right? Right. In Reading. You let him play in the ECHL, you keep Nagel yeah. up there. Exactly. Yeah. Because Pat Nagel wouldn't care. No. He wouldn't. And so you do kind of wonder. Now, again, I think they did that for development, so I'm not going to kill him on it because Meyer, I think, is a pretty good goalie. Yeah. Um, but, again, just the way they handled this wasn't great. Wasn't Probably wasn't going to make a difference on the season, but it just shows the, I think, the mentality and usage. And and that's what I don't like. Yeah. And, you know, they probably could have gotten a, a couple more different guys. And I know they swapped out, um, you know, Cal O'Reilly didn't play on Friday, you know, because he was hurt, um, right. you know, but they probably could have swapped out one or two skaters to get some more fresh legs as well. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you think they're not like your best when you're playing back to back like that. Yeah, you gotta fresh go with legs what's fresh. For better, I think. Yeah. So especially down the lineup, you know, you get your third or fourth line with a couple guys with more fresh legs. I think that would have, um, that would have done it. But yeah, they were just it's not like Charlotte's fast. unbeatable. It's not like no. you know, there's some way better teams. Like, look, we're not under any delusions here. We knew the Phantoms kind of limped into the uh, playoffs and. I was just hoping they could go around. I, I don't know what your hopes were. Mine were yeah. no higher than that. No, listen, you're right. Charlotte is absolutely beatable. Now, it does depend on which Charlotte team shows up again. Like I said in the preview, yeah. uh, they can be extremely good or they can just have stinkers. They're not much of an in-between team. So yeah. I think that, you know, Charlotte showed up, especially in that third game. Because um, even in that first game that the Phantoms won, Charlotte played pretty well. So... Like, I, I think that they were in the right mindset and had, like, the upside to their game uh, in in this series. But, um, you know, I, I think that it's definitely a good learning experience for some of the guys in Lehigh Valley, short though the time in the playoffs was. Um, definitely impressed with Ollie Lixel, two goals, two assists in the three-game series. And, and, you know, would have liked to see him step up uh, in that third game, but again, nobody did. So, like, there's a right. lot of uh, blame to go around. Uh, Ali did well. I yeah. just, I, I wish the organization thought better of him, and I hope that he will make it really hard on them in camp because he will be one of those guys that looks good in camp. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, Tyson Forster did as well. He had a, a two goals and yeah. an assist. Um, he did get rocked pretty hard in that third game. Uh, was out for a little bit, but did return to the game. So just an, a little asterisk to keep an eye on in terms of injury reports. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, again, I think that, um, you know, a few of the prospects really did uh, show a, a little bit in, in the, at least the first two games for sure. I thought Denoye had some good opportunities. I thought Ronnie Adder looked pretty good out there. And, you know, despite the, um, Shut out. Ronnie Adderd wound up a plus three. In the oh, that's really good. He, I, I was happy with Adderd. I think there's yeah. been a 
good amount of progress. Now, if he can get the skating just a little better yeah. in the summer, that would put him in, in a really good position. Um, but I will say I've gotten, you know, um, tweets that maybe I haven't gotten it right on Bobby Brink. And it's like, well, maybe Bobby Brink hasn't gotten it right. Like he's going to be 22 in July. So he's essentially 22. And he had a point in three games. He was a minus three. He, you know, with 28 points in the regular season, 12 goals. It's okay, but I have higher expectations for him because I've seen him play with elite players, seen the kind of hands that he has, expect more scoring from him. I just do. Yeah, I think that he has a really important summer ahead of him in terms of preparation and training. And I think going into next season at camp and um, he'll very likely start with Lehigh Valley. I think he'll kind of be in a Cam York situation is, Mm -hmm. is my bet. And that given a full season without, you know, the first half being injury recovery, I I think will go a long way and uh, you know, we'll see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see what he can do. Um, You know, as far as on the blue line, at least the Molek played a game, but this this is part of what I was talking about. They made sure that they played their guaranteed AHL guys, which is fine. But then when you're rotating in the young guys and they just get a game here, a game there, some of them, not all of them, they played some of the key ones the right way. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they did but, with Tyson Forster. They they have right. done so with Ali Lixel. Denoye yes. is perfect on that third well, line. Lixel's one of the best scorers, so they have no choice, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for a guy like Zamolik, who had long, you know, you, you brought this guy in and he had long stretches for not playing. You know, I guess, well, at least he played a game. Fine. Yeah. But it does just kind of show um, where the head is at. I think the Flyers want better um, development. I do. But I don't think they always want to practice that. And that's where they have to get better. And that's where it comes from the coach. Because I'm just going to say the coach has really – He's the one that seems to have all this influence even throughout the the AHL until they get a GM. Then maybe the GM will push back on that. Right. But in, but until then, you know, like for next year as an example, you know, this was good that they made the playoffs fine. You loaded up on on quadruple A talent. You don't need that much of this next year. You've got plenty of young guys to come through. A guy like Mason Millman shouldn't even be seeing the ECHL anymore. Zade Wisdom shouldn't be seeing the ECHL anymore. And at least I saw that Zade's putting up some points, at least, with Redding. Yeah. But the point is, you have enough young talent there to put with like four or five or six, maybe four or five of the, you know, guaranteed AHL talent. And that's what you really need to have next year and let those guys do everything that's important. You have to do that. Yeah, we'll see what the mix is next season uh, coming out of camp. And hopefully you know, they can figure out that balance, right. To get the right player development going. And, and uh, I think with some new management, that is a thing that they should be doing. And I think they will, we will of course be following that as the hiring continues, like we talked about in the first segment. Uh, But in the meantime, it's Monday. So we will have our nemesis of the week coming up next. All right, Russ. So uh, last week when we were talking about our nemesis, uh, I mentioned watching playoff hockey just because of the 
uh, upside of the thrill of it because there's nothing like the NHL playoffs. And so far it has proven to be true uh, this year as well. And uh, but the sort of nemesis side of it was that the Flyers weren't in it. And um, I think that one of the little uh, perks, I think, of the playoffs this year Man, it has been so nice uh, just having uh, JJ call uh, some of the games. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, watching Bruins Panthers. I'm like, ah, a nice soothing voice to tell me what is happening yeah. in this game. Yeah, that's cool. Love hearing him uh, get the call on uh, TNT for a few games. Um, you know, I think that the, the playoffs have been a lot of fun so far. We've got two where early no series where there's a, a going to be a sweep. So no. I think that's good for playoff hockey. And that leads me into my nemesis for this week, which is overtime playoff hockey and my well-being, because it is some of the most <laughs> stressful hockey to watch in the best way possible. Uh, but it is so nerve wracking. We've had two double overtime games so far, and I would say two defining overtime games. I would say that overtime win uh, for Toronto, which, you know, they would say that's a game they lose in previous years. Right. Yeah. And this time they pulled it out and are up two to one on the lightning in their series. And then Edmonton, uh, late last night, won their defining game, I would say. I it, fell asleep on it. I was trying. Yeah. I did. <laughs> they won that but one. I did a lot of driving yesterday. So Yeah, in overtime. So they are now tied with the Kings two games to two. And the Kings are putting up a fight and are really shutting down Yeah, Edmonton. they're impressing me. They, they're doing better than I thought they would. Yeah, honestly, I think they're the, the Kings are one of the most impressive teams in this playoffs so far, even though they're tied to two, but um, just what they're doing defensively is very impressive. So yeah. I think that I, I'm just this overtime thing every year. I'm like, I can handle this. No, I can't. It's, it's so. Well, at least you know that. Yeah. We all kind of know that. <laughs> so I, my, my nemesis is going to be how Google maps just doesn't tell you the truth. Oh. So here's, here's how this works. So. You have your Google Maps on, you know, it's telling you, hey, there's a speed trap. Hey, there's a five minute slowdown, whatever, all these different things. Right. So there was a point yesterday where it said I was going to get home at like, I don't know, let's say 430. And I went and gotten something to eat and maybe it was off the road for like 20 minutes. I get back in the car. It says 530. Still says I'm on the fastest route. But I noticed because my brain does still work um, that there's a difference in time. Right. So this is where all of a sudden time stands still on Google Maps. So I'm driving on 95 and knowing because I had lived in Virginia for a while that I could take Route 301 and I didn't pass it. So I went on Route 301. The minute I went on 301, I saved 10 minutes on my time for going home. Like, how is this magical process happen? We used to be able to do alternate routes on these maps, and you don't seem to be able to do that very easy anymore. And if you don't know the area, you, I would have just stayed on 95 and gotten killed in the traffic. But then there was a point where Google was at an, didn't know what to do. And it was funny because it was either go on the turnpike or go on 295. And it was like, this is the fastest. No, this is the fastest. No, this is the fastest. 
accept this, accept, and I did it four times. And I was finally like, you know, I'm just taking the turnpike. I don't care what you say anymore. But they've got to tweak this because a bring back alternate routes yeah. because it should just be a button. I have noticed that actually as well. Uh, I don't know about the other stuff, but the alternate routes thing I have definitely noticed. And especially, you know, being in the New York area a lot, I need alternate routes quite often because yes. <laughs> the traffic. Yeah, I remember having to go to some bad. net games where because of alternate routes, I was able to actually avoid traffic. But again, if you don't know these alternate routes now, or you don't know any other roads, you're stuck. So do better, Google. All right. Well, we'll hope that Google does better for you. We'll hope that my uh, heart can take playoff over time. Uh, wrapping up with our flyers. This is the first round. You better be able to take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just having a lot of fun watching the playoffs so far. All right. Uh, with our flyers fun thing today, um, flyers charities uh, set up a promotion, I don't know if promotion's the right word, but uh, a PSA with Penn Medicine to talk about prostate cancer screenings. And the little video they put together with the Travi is delightful. Um, just about, you know, being uh, at that age where you have to get a screening. They brought in Brad Marsh, who is always up for anything, um, yep. especially around Flyers Charities. And uh, you love to see it. Yeah, it's great. No, they do a great job. Brad's a good guy. Yeah. So you can take a look at that. There'll be a link in the show notes. That will do it for today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen today. And everyday listeners, tomorrow on the show, uh, we will be taking a look at our reasons to hope for next season. I know this might be a tough one for Russ, but um, we are. that is what our topic is going to be. We're going to dig into some of the prospects and uh, what we think can go right next season. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.